1: No, let me try it. Let me try it. Okay. Faithful.
0: Boom. Oh.
1: There you go. Oh, see? Look at this. That look at it. this. Faithful. Jeez, it's not a Lucas. Very. Lucas cool. Underwad. Underwad. That's right. What?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Stephen hey. Fawful from Autobots. Faithful.
1: I just said Faithful. it. Faithful. I thought wrong you said it with you?
0: God, bless What's you. I was
1: Stephen, like, how you doing, buddy? He's getting I was fired at a, from uh, intros.
2: No, it's not as bad. I was at a church once, and it was our first time visiting there. I met the pastor right before, like the church service started. I said, "Oh, my name's Stephen Faithful. Nice to meet you." He goes up in front of everyone, and said, "I can't believe it. We have visitors here today. Their last name is Faithful. Can we get a round of applause for that?" <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, well, miss hurt there, but it's all good.
0: It'll work, right? It'll do. It'll do." Oh, so uh, Stephen, Stephen talk a little Faithful little bit about
1: from Auto Ops. Yep
2: little bit about myself. I'm a uh, 65 years old. I've owned a shop for 30 years. No, I, uh, I'm definitely on. the Wait a minute! Side. You read
0: David's track. Come on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if I if I have I'm 30 years into shop ownership at 65, I've done something wrong. The plan is to get crushed by a car at 50, because <laughs> I'm still going to be within that 20 year term life insurance limit. So at fifty, go. I'm underneath a car, and you just hear a creak, and then crush, and then uh, just a slow bleed out for me, and I, and I'll just be like, "Let me go, it's fine." That's gonna kind of mess up. James. I told my wife that she got mad.
0: She's like, "What's wrong with you?" <laughs> well, let me tell you, I guarantee you we can come up with a very definitive list of things. I'm sorry, not you're complete. not
2: sixty-five. I'm You're not 65. Five. I'm yeah. a little younger. I'm 25 years old, originally from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. There's not nice. many uh, software platforms coming out of Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I tell people sometimes, yeah, we, we hire a lot of Amish people as developers. And they're like, wow, that's really cool. So I guess they're not super familiar with people. <laughs> Amish uh, people.
1: <laughs> they're but, but, yeah, fantastic Lancaster, web developers. Fantastic <laughs> they do such <laughs> a good <laughs> job. They
2: do it with pen and paper, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, I, dude.
2: Uh, I even just moved, actually, my brother and I, which my brother is also one of my co-founders. We're both originally from Lancaster, but we even just moved deeper. We're in a small town now called Quarryville, Pennsylvania, which is like Amish central cornfields as far as you can see. So, that's my background. I uh, I moved out for a while. I was uh, in a past life. I was very into rock climbing, traveling, outdoor sports of all kinds. So, I was gone for about five years, and then when I came back to Lancaster... My uh, my father was working at a company that did online scheduling in a similar industry. And basically, I saw what he was doing for a while. I had a marketing background. I had a marketing company for rock climbing gyms before this. And my brother and I saw what he was doing in that industry and how it totally revolutionized it. And we thought that automotive was the last industry in the world to come over to modern, integrated, intelligent online scheduling. We pitched him and a couple other people on his team the idea. And we were, we were off and rolling. It was kind of funny. So my, my brother and I, we had a marketing company for rock climbing gyms. After that slowed down, we both went to other startups, not super small startups, um, but he actually went to a startup that did online scheduling for high-end restaurant reservations. Um, so we bring a, a couple different industries from online scheduling together to, to start auto ops and really just focus on this conversion point that we think is super important. and has been overlooked for a long time in the industry. That's kind of my uh mindset second background, but yeah no not not sixty five twenty five years old a little on the younger side, but I'm learning that, as quick as I can
0: that's awesome, dude, so let me ask you this why automotive like what what was it that that drew you to automotive? did you have an automotive background was there something about automotive that drew you into it? Was it just like there's opportunity here what was your what was your main drive for that
2: yeah, it's kind of two parts two parts is I call a ourselves z-level technicians we're all extremely but honestly I'll, I'll give a shout out to my father my father he recently did like a full engine rebuild so he's he has been promoted from z-level technician to like a c-level tech so right. we all have general automotive we like working with cars we like cars we've always been kind of into you know in my driveway and my parents driveway as a kid we always had like 10 different vehicles they were all like under a thousand dollars we're always swapping it out take some was in the shop this was the shop so we've always enjoyed kind of being around cars, not in the fancy sense that some people are. So I think general automotive, like um, I think another part is it's an industry that fits our personalities. Well, I'm from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I'm not from Silicon Valley. I'm not, we, the, the people who I get to work with on a daily basis are people who have similar characteristics to myself, and my team, similar values, even though we're not obviously shop owners. I think just the way that blue collar people approach um, life is similar to the way as close as I can get from the the tech yeah. side of things so
0: how that, that's we that's really that. cool because I mean and, and that's something to think about right like a lot of these companies they are very different as far as values and you know it's like when we signed up um, and started working with shopware right like Carolyn is a shop owner right yep. and she was a tech and she understood what we were going through and what we were working on and why we were doing what we were doing you know and th- that that's always been, like, a cool connection for me because I like working with people who understand what it is that I'm going through, you know? And so, it, it's neat to hear that that perspective. I had never thought about it that way. Yeah. Did COVID um, kill rock climbing?
2: COVID, sadly, did not kill rock climbing. COVID kind of blew up a portion of rock climbing. But for the people who wanted to get outside, and it was one of those sports where you go outside and there wasn't a ton of bands on it, so... Um, I think it pushed a lot of people to go outside and now all those people are coming to the, the rock climbing gyms, but yeah, it's also crazy.
1: They survived through COVID because like technically, I mean, not in my area, but some parts of the country, like you couldn't go into the, that indoor facility, like they were shut down, right?
2: No, it, it definitely hurt climbing gyms as a whole. Yeah. There were a lot of climbing gyms that shut down over COVID. I think, uh. Like a lot of industries, it separated the wheat from the chaff, is that the correct expression? Um, But yeah, the gyms that were struggling definitely did not not get helped out during COVID. But I think the, the popularity of... There was some big climbing movies released during COVID. So I think the general popularity of climbing name,
1: name one what are you talking about name one movie.
2: there I, I bet have you guys free solo that was the one the dude who climbed uh one of the faces in yosemite with no rope did you guys hear about this at all
1: Lucas and i have been telling you about parts tech for a while now
0: Click the link in the show notes to get started. Uh huh.
2: Very no. popular film, Free Solo. You guys got to watch it. It'll make your hands sweat. Um, oh, dude. There was some ac- I, yeah, it's a,
1: is some. Yeah. Is that the whole movie? Him climbing it yeah. up and like, hey, we're halfway up, so halfway through the movie.
2: <laughs> the key, the key, really, is that he did it with no <laughs> rope. That's the insane part. It's like a twenty-five hundred foot face, and yeah, he climbed it with no rope. Uh, I mean, like I might make it like climbing.
0: five feet up. And and by then, I'm going to be tired and need a nap, so I'm not going a lot farther. What we'll
1: possesses somebody to do that? I'm going to climb up 2,500 feet. No rope, I'll, I'll be fine.
2: <laughs>
0: I will. I'll be it, okay.
2: It's a – and I think there's some correlations you could bring in, but there's something to needing to be perfect. Like there's something to just – you have to – the mental flow you get in where you know you can't mess up when it's not even an option – something crazy i try to sometimes get into that in in business just even where we do have options i try to put myself in holding like if this doesn't happen we're failing we're failing there's something about where you just put yourself up against a wall and yeah but that's like
1: okay if you fail then you know you start an online scheduling company for i don't know something else if if that guy fails he, he dies, and he has a second or two of contemplating his life choices as he's seeing those rocks coming at him at terminal velocity. And he goes, "Maybe this wasn't a good idea. I should have had something as a safe splat." And then that's it.
2: Yeah, and what? I and I understand. I uh, I can't say anything more because my if my mother ever watches this, but there may or may not be some some videos on YouTube of me climbing
0: without ropes. So it was. 2, feet up, like, not, like not 2500 degrees. feet straight up like like 90 degrees <laughs> It's like the wingsuit dude, right?
1: Like you've seen the video. No, the that. wingsuit that makes sense, it's just the thrill. I get that. That
0: it's like jumping out of a plane.
1: Like, yeah, but I'm talking about
0: the guy who comes down and they're holding the balloons and they let the balloons go as he comes across the top of their head and he's like feet off the ground. It's what made sail that AWOL Nation song famous, you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever seen that video? Yeah, I can't no. remember dude's name. I've seen the video of the like, guy getting like clipped. Did yeah, you see I that think one? I showed you the same dude. It's the same okay. dude, and that, I think that's how he met his demise. But I mean, dude, you're you're traveling 120 mile an hour, just floating through the air, feet above a rock. I mean, come on now. Eventually, no.
1: Well, they're right? trying to get close to the ground because that's a thrill. I mean, it's otherwise you're just jumping out of the plane, like you're you're going down fast. That guy wants to skate just above the ground and then, you know, hit a tree or whatever it was. He clipped something there's, and then that was the a-
2: There's a famous climber who is dating now her, or married to her third wingsuiter because the previous two are no longer with us. And she just keeps marrying him, keeps marrying him and they keep wingsuiting. That, that's <laughs> – no, hold Neither on now.
1: <laughs> she's She's got a plan. That's <laughs> intentional. Hey, here's my question, though, right? Oh, you're like, really so into wing shoppers? suits? <laughs>
2: sure. Uh, yeah, let's get married. Those people are <laughs> no not pre-nup. the type of people, though. <laughs> Those type of people are the people to have, like, a pack of ramen noodles during the noon, though, too. So I think she just... I think, well, maybe, but
1: you could think that's pretty expensive. That's an expensive hobby.
0: It's not like. Well, that's why they have packs of room. Well, uh, I get that, but they're spending the money on
1: the the equipment and stuff like that. But you got to think that they are at least building up enough funds to then be able to go out and do the whole thing. And she's like, hey, on this last trip, you know, whatever. Like, good luck.
2: (laughs) As someone who owns a lot of expensive climbing gear, I can tell you that. It was like, oh, I'll buy this thousand dollar climbing gear and then, you know, I won't pay for housing for the next two
0: months. (laughs) So, hey, mom and dad, can I come back and stay with you for a little bit? (laughs) Like, hey, man, I'm a little behind on my rent, dude. Um, We all we all
1: have our stupid spending vices. Don't. Don't shame him; he's fine. I'm not you shaming spend, him. If you we're to shame thousand. anybody,
0: we're shaming you over your Steam account, man. That's terrible. <laughs> Fifty thousand dollars in video games you never play. <laughs> I never play them. You know, you I know mean, what? They're two dollars an... a piece. How do you get to that much money? Like we're they're friends on Venmo. I watch. I'm like, dude, N64 games, N64 games, N64 games. My God, how many N64 games? Can no, no, have I've been buying.
1: I, I don't, I don't have a console yet, so. It's it's a thing. Like you grew up, you know, you didn't have any money. You're like, hey, one day. Well, one day is now. So,
0: <laughs> you still line my wall. Any money, but...
1: <laughs> well, I don't because I spent it all on on old video games. So anyway, this was let's cut off a of dream. That yeah
0: and it, uh, oh it'll so hit
1: you too dear fun. it'll hit you too like if you're a wild success at in, in your 40s and you've got you're sitting on a pile of money all of a sudden you're gonna be you know you're gonna be that guy climbing up the side of el capitan with no with no rope going yeah i've got so much money what else am i gonna spend it on
2: i got my three personal trainer personal chef massage chef. i don't even i, I don't even need him to be nice that's all i want eat to be able to eat well oh my being able to eat well oh, the cooking's
1: fun right what are you talking about cooking's fun it's fun to cook no
2: i just last night my brother made fun of me because i brought up a massive bowl of air fried meatballs and that was our dinner last
0: night <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: Well, I I enjoy cooking, so that I wouldn't want a personal. I get the appeal. I get the appeal. The personal trainer for sure, and I, I don't like people touching me. So a physical therapist or personal massage person, nah. When people touch me.
0: Uh, all right, so Stephen, you don't know this. David and I were talking about this before you came on. I want your feedback on this. We're changing gears completely. We're going in a completely give different it, direction. Oh, hold on, hold on. I just I want I just want to mention this. Seven
1: Eleven has the worst cups. The styrofoam is good. The lids are the worst. The lids don't attach. So see, like see
0: our local one, this thing doesn't. Our local one, you can't get lids. Our local one has plastic or styrofoam cups but because you can't the lids, get lids,
1: the lids just flop off. They have these eco straws. They're okay. They get little holes and stuff like that. Put them. They're they're okay. But the lids are the worst lids. So Seven Up, you're probably never going to listen to this. One, we need a sponsorship, and two. Um, I need you to fix the lids before we accept your money. <laughs> I don't need you, money. You have I have free standards drinks for your sponsors. For
0: oh yeah, you can Popeyes me? Chicken, Popeyes 7-11. Chicken. 7-Eleven.
1: Popeyes Chicken. They're opening up one. Uh, hey, oh Lucas, uh, sorry, this is going sideways. But oh, I just wanted to tell you this, Lucas. The best chicken strip place in Kansas City is opening up a thing, uh, like a restaurant catty corner to to my shop. Caddy Corner, really? Just like, like, yeah. On which corner? The, just, just uh, what is it? South, south uh, east, southeast of us. There was a bar there. The bar closed mm-hmm. up. It was it was a sketchy bar, and uh, they they're, they bought it. They're going to keep it a bar. They're going to make it a dive bar, but they're going to sell their their full menu. And so their ridiculously good coleslaw. The chicken
0: is, is fired. Dude, we'll it's have so to check good. that out next time I'm out there. That. So, so I don't know if you know this, talking about fast food restaurants. Popeyes, right? Is owned by Restaurant Brands Incorporated, right? RBI. Okay. And then they also own Burger King and the dudes who save Domino's came in and now they've invested all of their money in Burger King to salvage Burger King because Burger King had been flat and then it started going down. And they were talking about, it was really cool because I watched this interview the other day. God knows how I ended up on the interview, but they were talking about their strategy for saving Burger King. And they were talking about like the mindset of what a consumer looks like when they look at Burger King and how do they think about it. It was a really insightful interview, even though, like we're not even related to fast food or anything like that. Their mindset of and and so the CEO he said when when I came into Burger King I decided to take it over. He said I've I've made a rule. He said we did the same thing with Domino's. If I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna invest personal money. And they said, well, why did you do that? You know, it's a it's a dangerous move. Burger King's been in in bad shape for a while. And he said, listen, I need to invest money in it so I have a personal attachment to its success. And he said that that's what drives me is that I've invested in it. I know that if I'm going to get anything back out of that, if I'm not going to lose everything, I I have to have. I've got sweat in it. And so he talks about all of these things that they're doing, these strategic mindset changes within the organization. And so the interviewer says, well, wait a minute, though. Like You're talking about these huge strategic changes, but you're not talking about like changing the food or even necessarily the branding. You're changing the way that the employees think about the business. And he said, well, because the employees are the business right? Like I can build any building and make any business. He said, that's what we did with Domino's. We changed the way that the employees saw the business. And so now they cared about the business and they provided a better product to our consumers and we paid them more and we created more opportunity for them. So it wasn't just a dead end, you know, I'm 16 years old, and need a job deal. We created something that was theirs. And I thought that was such a cool concept when when you really dig into it, that that these guys are investing that kind of money and it's it almost seemed like this was just a thrill sport for them. Like, you know, the dude climbing the, the rock face with no rope. I mean, it's like, hey, I'm going to invest half my money in this. I'm going to put it all on the line and gamble just to see if we can turn it around. And, and up to that point, they said that there was no chance that they were going to turn it around. And then these two, you know, super duper CEOs that have saved all these other businesses come in just for funsies to save Burger King. I
1: just thought it was a cool idea. Right. Um, and then they closed my local Popeye's. Turns out they're opening one right by my house.
0: Go. <laughs> we're gonna hey, listen. So, <laughs> we're gonna have to get bigger monitors, or we're gonna have to switch platforms because you're not gonna fit into the frame. In a couple months. Man. I'm gonna
1: go to full frame, full frame camera, just to be able. To, and then I'm gonna so the sit in my wheel. Little, that's the it. Person, What? No, I want. Yeah, the Popeyes he's It's called
2: Popeyes, bro. <laughs> <laughs>
0: he's got a personal right deep right next door. Yeah, No, hey, and kinda,
2: w- I, what you said, Lucas, I think there's a point in my brother and I were talking about this last night, it's that some of these people, you just get past money and you're just yeah. like, I think they, no no pun intended, they like changing industries. They like changing entire sections of how yeah. businesses work just for fun, just because they're like, oh, I think I can. And now, obviously, it's still in the food industry, but Burger King's big enough where it's like, I could change a massive corporation. I think they just find fun in that. And yeah, sure. I was talking with my brother last night and he said, Stephen, you know. Now listen, we obviously were eating air fried meatballs. We ain't crushing it yet. But he was like, if we yeah. ever if we ever make money, he's like, I don't even know if it would be that cool. It would be way cooler just to leave a mark on an industry. So, I think yeah, most for sure people, they well, just get to the point yeah, where – He says like,
1: that now. But one day, he's going to be like, hmm, I've got 40000000000 billion. I'm going to buy Twitter and then change it to X because why not?
2: Because <laughs> I can. Yeah. But I think making changes, like massive changes like that is way more fun than the money.
0: I, you know, and, and I, I, I kind of relate with that because it's, you look at my shop and and you can ask David, David's always like, well, you're crazy. The amount of work you're putting in and the things that you're doing with the shop, I mean, you're pushing really hard for me. That's the thrill in doing it, right? Like getting paid is like, whatever, you know, I can do without the money, right? And I don't really care about that except when I can't pay the bills, that sucks. But like, you know, being able to say that like we push something to the absolute limit, That's what I get my thrills in. I probably should have gone into engineering. I was the kid who, like, I'd take the little dump truck and I'd fill it up with dirt and I would push it to see how far it would go before it turned over, right? And so I like pushing things to the absolute limit of sanity. Um, And so that's why David's lost his mind at this point. But, um, look, change gears here a little bit. I'm curious about something. We already said that. I know. We changed gears to something else. Now we're changing gears (laughs) to something completely different. Okay. This is going to be the ADHD episode. <laughs> no and wait it's wait. not your fault this time. I don't know what's happening.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, maybe. Um, I brought up the 7-Up, and then you got on the tangent about
0: Burger King. Is Burger King going to get saved? I feel bad I, for Burger it, King. It looks like Burger King is going to get saved. It really – they they've started Another seeing – burger. Yeah, I know, right? They can keep that thing. It looks like they've started <laughs> seeing changes that are making a difference, Right. It, it, it's interesting do we'll you see. eat there do you have a Burger king? me yeah yeah I'll, there, I'll you
1: there you go there that's a no you see the pause where he's like uh yeah that's a no you don't no, eat there but,
0: well, so I don't it's eat there either because their fries are gross Ugh. they're they're yeah their fries are kind of gross but the staff was the reason that I wasn't eating there right probably the staff it, you cared well it, dude if you are super inefficient in a fast food restaurant, yeah, that I mean, that's like see a that. major pet peeve that. for me. I can say, right? That. But and look I'll at the appeal forget. of
1: look at the appeal of uh, Chick Fil A. I, I think their food yeah. is gross. I'm not a fan of Chick Fil A. I'm not. It's just it's it's gross. I, I just it's bland. It's meh. Like you got to put the sauce. Everybody goes nuts over these stupid sauces. It's, like, it's all gross. That
2: sponsorship, I, holy cow! <laughs> yeah, right. No, I'm a Popeye hey, guy. I through, one through. Time. Popeyes.
1: Popeyes has a much emo- better. Much better chicken sandwich by far. Popeyes is a more uh, is a superior chicken sandwich to to Chick Fil A, but everybody goes nuts, and so they wait in line. Now you're saying don't be inefficient, but dude, like thirty minutes in line to go pick up a dude. Chick-fil-A it's not sandwich? thirty
0: minutes. That's just it. Chick fil A is super efficient. You pull in that drive through, and it looks dude, like it's wrapped 100 around. A hundred cars building. is still going to take thirty minutes. If you're dude. It doesn't. It doesn't. That's what's crazy. Is they're building these restaurants. It's the restaurant parts upstairs, and down below is like you're pulling through the middle of the building, and they're just like. Handing you food as fast as you mm. go through. Our local Chick fil A will be backed out into the road. Like you can have a mile line into Chick fil A and it still takes you 15 minutes to get through it, right? I mean, it is Great. insane how efficient they are. They will block up all of the road in front of the restaurant with cars. And I mean, you just see a constant line. There's as many cars coming out as there I are. I don't get the in. appeal. I don't get the appeal. I'd, I'd, look, being keto, I don't like Chick fil A either. The, I think the grilled food is just meh, right? The fried food is fantastic, but that doesn't work very well. It's just so.
1: breading. That's the only difference. The chicken still sits in that vat of whatever to brine it. It's gross. I don't I can't like- <laughs> believe you don't like Jesus chicken, man. I thought you were a Christian. Not Jesus <laughs> chicken. That's the other thing too. <laughs> 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 Steven, just because like, they're, the they're closed on sunday just because <laughs> they're closed on sunday that's that's obnoxious
0: too you got to tell your kids like Ugh, i can't go to, like, hey i want Chick Fil A. we can't it's sunday that, can that's like there. the best running family joke we have in my family right now is like exactly. my wife wakes up and, and i'm like hey what do you want for breakfast and she's like chick-fil-a i'm like all right so, I'm jumping up, and she's like, dumbass, it's Sunday. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, that's what we do. So, thanks, Chick-fil-A. <sighs> Chick-fil-A. Thanks,
1: anyway, David. go on to your the, your uh, your story. You, Sorry.
2: I've you, been waiting for this. This is
0: going to better be we, We're cool. building suspense. <laughs> All right. So, David did not believe me about this, and I want to hear your input and your feedback. You're kind of a software guy. You probably don't know anything about this. David didn't know anything about this. There's been four posts in ASOG over the past couple of months. Very interesting theme, and I've seen this post elsewhere recently. And so this person says... This morning coming into the office, I received a text from a client which we serviced her vehicle yesterday. She stated one of my texts texted her and told her there will be an additional charge on top of our repairs we did on her vehicle. The number she received the text from was a subscription number only. It seems that my information was breached and somehow this person got a hold of this client's number but told her to contact me instead. This doesn't make any sense. Have you ever encountered anything like this was his question. So here's the thing. As we noticed, there, there were four posts in ASOG. It's been like months apart, right? And then there were posts in other groups. And it seems like it's either a shop management system. It's some type of integration, like through full throttle. Somehow, there are certain shops that their information is getting out. And there are scammers calling their clients saying, Hey, I know your vehicle was just serviced with us. Tell you what, we, we mischarged you. You owe us more. Give us your credit card number and we'll just charge it right now. And so they charge the client and then they keep the money and the client calls the shop and says, hey, you, do I have a receipt for what you charged me last night? And they said, well, we didn't charge you anything. What are you talking about? Now, the thing is, is like, hey, in my shop, if, if you're leaving and you're already gone, I'm not charging you more. I'm calling you to say, hey, I messed up and left a part on your bill I wasn't supposed to. Where do I mail the check, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so there's a lot of scams going around all over the world and all over different you know industries. It's not just us. What do you think about that? What does it make you feel when you hear that?
2: It, it makes it, it, it... I'm glad you're telling this story because it helps people understand all the time. So in auto ops, we pull information from the shop management software into the scheduling experience. We have our scheduler on hundreds of sites People all the time will be like, why do you need a verification code? It just pulls up someone's name and it just pulls up their vehicle. Is that super sensitive information? As much as it may not be sensitive, you always have to think back to scammers. Scammers do not need that much information to trick you into thinking that you are connected with them, you know them, sometimes even just using someone's name. But Lucas, if you got a text that said, hey, Lucas, I know for your exact vehicle, I know for your 2020 Maserati, because that's of course we drive. Uh, I know for your 2020 Maserati, sure. you know, we had this in the shop yesterday, blah, blah, blah. Here's your bill. And just to linked out to some payment page, just with that information, just being able to identify a vehicle that you have, you're all of a sudden, your your guards down. You're like, oh, they know me. How would someone right. know who my vehicle is? So that's why. And there is definitely, yeah, I think it's A, I'm, I'm glad at auto ops will use a verification code to protect that data for pulling any customer's information from a shop management software because, scammers don't i mean the the classic scam going around is just you know using using your kid's name one of your kid's name hey blank's name's in trouble they hear their kid's name and they're like what the heck oh i'll do anything i'll wire you over a hundred thousand bucks right um, so i think people understanding that you don't need that much data to pull someone's guard down is super important so yeah using verification codes ops. if anyone there's not many other people pulling intelligence into the scheduling experience like we are but for the ones if anyone is better of a verification code I've definitely seen working with shop management softwares that some have much better guidelines and protections on who their integration parties or third party integration parties how they use their data how they protect their data being ISOC compliant there's all these kind of tech privacy compliance policies that um yeah, I would just recommend that shop management softwares, as they do more integrations, A, they should obviously secure their data well. I'm not too knowledgeable on that. But with third parties, just make sure you're vetting third parties properly who are going to be able like to… Like they're actually legit. Even, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I know there was a while, um, and, and a lot of stuff went around and around, and there was a company, and, and I'm sure you know who I'm talking about when I say this, but they, they managed like 90% of the integrations with all shop management softwares, right. right? And they're basically a data aggregation warehouse, right? And they just yep. take the data and they they split up the data to where it needs to go. And they were talking about the fact that there were multiple terms of service. And and that company had like 15 or 16 different terms of service that may be used in any one situation. And so some of those terms of service were that if you put your data into our system, that then Carfax's equity mining aspect gets every single bit of that data. So the car comes into your shop and you say, okay, I'm going to work on this car. Client comes in. And while they're in your shop or shortly after being in your shop, they get an email and a telephone call from the local dealer. It says, hey, I know your car's in for some repairs. We've got this amazing deal going on. You can you can come out to the dealership. I'll put you in this car. Why don't you drive it for a couple of days? Tell you what, we'll even give you $500 off your repair if you bring it here instead. And so people were pulling their cars out of independent repair shops. And it was happening over and over and over again. And people couldn't figure out why. And it turned out that it was equity mining. And like, you know, part of me says, well, you know, it's free market. They can do whatever they want. And if you give them permission to use that data, then it's on you, right? But in the same respect, I mean, that seems kind of sleazy to me, especially if you're working with a professional business that's supposed to help you build your business. And they're taking your information and giving it to somebody else like that? Come on now.
2: Yeah. And I, I'm almost ready to blow blow auto option with Carfax because I've been hearing more and more people just be like, we, yeah, when they are taking your data and aggregating it, they ain't selling it to the local shop down the road. They ain't yeah, selling it to exactly. you to help you out. It ain't going in your direction. It's going to, you know, Ford of Dallas, who pays them $14 million to be able to access this data and then take business from local shops. So, It doesn't, uh, I need to do more of my research on exactly how the data is used and how if we wanted to, you know, pull out data, what data we would be offering. We don't feel like offering up customers' data to be sold away from independent shops. Um, Obviously on our side, we want, you know, is it good to be able to recommend services um, for a customer's vehicle that you may not have at your shop the knowledge of, hey, where did this car come from? What had it previously yeah, been? Yeah, for served? sure. How has it previously been serviced? So it's good for us, you know, for example, if you had auto ops on your website, it'd be cool. you know right now we pull in decline services, but also being able to pull recommended services from previous history of the vehicle it would be cool to be able to upsell that for your specific shop. Um, but yeah, at what cost is that data coming to us is kind of what we're trying to figure out because yeah, we don't feel like selling customers data.
0: You know, I, I was talking to somebody a while back and they were talking about shop management softwares. They were talking about restaurant management softwares. They were talking about like just a, a plethora of organizations. They're talking about these software companies that to them, and, and this was somebody who would know, right? Like they, they have the Intel to be able to say that for them it, it had nothing to do with even necessarily the subscription cost of what it is that they, they get every month from the, the shop or the restaurant or whatever it was for them, their primary interest was in the data that they collected. Right. And they, they have terms of service again. You know, I, I don't know about you. I'm terrible. I don't read terms of service. Right. Like I don't read any of them, yeah. but they, they, they are interested in the data and that one of the key currencies in our current society is data, right? It's valuable. You know,
2: yeah. There's, I mean, there's whole companies data as a service. Um, There's there's whole companies that just sell data, and they'll they'll start one of those companies. Yeah, I mean, and it is what a sketchy product.
1: It's like, hey, I gave you the data, pay me, and then that's it. (laughs) You know what you don't get is a call at on Sunday at two o'clock where the coolant hose that you just installed on this vehicle popped off and now there's coolant dumping everywhere. And they're two hours away from you. You don't get that call with data as a service. You see what I'm talking about, Lucas? You see what I'm talking about? That's what I'm I talking about. Data I as a service. I don't know anything about it. So I'm going to start researching it right now.
0: <laughs> David's all of a sudden going to train off. He's, that he's selling a shop. That's it. But, That's but yeah, it. there's there's places. I'm not selling
1: any There's nothing to sell. There's, there's debt. <laughs> you know what I'm gonna do? We just put hang a little sign. I'm gonna pull a what's his what's his face from Oklahoma, old boy. He just hung a sign up one day, and he like the customers didn't know. He just hung up a sign and said, "Hey, we're closed." And the customers are calling, and then they show up. The, their cars are inside the building. Up, can't this. get him. He was, Yeah, he's like, oh, and then he had to like get online and be like, hey, we're gonna work with everybody, get your car back, and this, that, and the other. They just closed. He's living the dream. That's the dream. <laughs> like, no, no. I'm responsibility gonna call. Now. I'm gonna. What's that? No, I no mean he had, he took he took care of it. I'm sure he didn't he didn't do he didn't pull what that Canadian company did, where like like it was months, right? Uh, I'm gonna go down my list, and I'm gonna find every asterisk customer, customer, every single customer that I had an asterisk next to. So I'm gonna call them up, and I'm gonna say, "Hey, next week, free automotive repair." And they be like, "What? Yeah, bring your car down." And then I'm gonna pack all those cars into my shop, and then I'm gonna—that's the day I close. All those cars are gonna be inside my shop, and then I'm gonna hang a close sign. And we're like, "Yeah, you dirt bag, you wanted free repair? How the hell was I gonna pay my bills? This is why we're closed, you dirt bag." And then that's it. I'll be closed. I'll get my revenge too. <laughs> Every one-star oh, review, unjustified one-star review. You know we have a few on there that were justified. I think maybe one or two, but there were all those. The rest of them, all oh, the rest of them. Oh, yeah, I got your names, buddy. Don't you? You just
0: wait and see. One day. <laughs> hey, speaking of that, how do you? So, so that was something I was curious about when all the online scheduling started happening, right? So, like in my online scheduler, I have the ability to block people, and anytime. Like, even if they just come in and I know it's going to be one of those, I'm like going in, I'm boop. You can't book your own appointment anymore. You have to call. And then when they call, they've got all these asterisks next to their name. And I'm like, ah oh, man, I'm really sorry, but we're There's six and a half months right out. Right <laughs> Yeah. How do you like what, what, what tactic have you used to manage that in like, because you don't want to upset them, right? Like, you don't want to, you don't want to set somebody off and be like, you know, they're discriminating against me, this, that, or the other. How do you manage that with auto ops to where you can kind of have some control over that?
2: Totally. Yeah. So, right now we do, we call them the special customers, the asterisk customers, we don't have a way to say you can't say this is my like blocked list of customers. But in general, we're adding a lot more features over the next month about basically, at certain points in the experience, if we note certain things leading people to call the shop or just get in contact with the shop. Now, for example, if you're like, hey, my shops, my car's broken on the side of the road, I'm going to take it to the first shop that answers. If someone engages with that shop through auto ops, we want to get them connected with your shop as quick as possible so in in that time period as we kind of build out that functionality throughout we may get to a point where okay if there's a list of customers based on their phone number that we would like to call the shop so we can speak with them about their service obviously we can't just like block them and be like hey it'll just seem like AutoOps is broken um, but we yeah. can prompt them to say well if you'd like for your for this customer if you'd like service to call the shop yeah, um, so that's something we may do at some point, point. and maybe this is this is a learning opportunity for me. Is this like you have like a hundred customers that you're like I will not service, or is it like one, yeah. or two? What kind well, of? Well, it depends deal? on We're the customer list. i got five list, or six, five or uh, six
1: hundred. <laughs> so my customer list is in the thousands, right? And yeah, I mean you probably have a hundred names over ye ten year ten plus years. What eleven years out of business? been yeah, you're gonna you're gonna grow. Uh, a list of 100 or so names now those people may have moved away or they may not have the same vehicle anymore or they might have died i don't know they They, they may have no interest in coming back yeah they may not have any interest in coming back but those are those are people that it if they call and the one of my service advisors pulls that name up and there's an asterisk there it's hey i'm sorry i can't get you in right away are you willing to wait 6 months, a year. <laughs> yeah. You're not telling them no, but you know, you just want them to quietly go away and in our online scheduler, they cannot set their own appointment. That name and that phone number is flagged. And that because it creates a unique customer ID. That unique customer ID, if they try to if they if they put in their information, it pops up and says, "Hey, are you so and so?" Yes, I am because they've been there to the shop before, and so they're in my customer list. That person cannot schedule their own appointment; they have to call it. And when they call, they get flagged.
2: And is this normally because of the the vehicle for you guys? That like, hey, we just hate working on that vehicle; it's super No, so it's usually client. It's, it's usually it, yeah, the Some clients.
1: people are impossible to work with. Like it's just said, not worth
2: risking a bad review. It's not worth the money. It's just
1: the
0: bad it's review may have already come assault on your, your employees, <laughs> yeah. right? It, it's we, we've had we, the, the ones that stand out to me. I won't flag them on first visit. I'll only flag them on second visit. The ones that stand out to me, um, we had a guy come in and basically literally commit friendly fraud, right? Like his, his whole intention was to steal the money. He never had intentions of, of paying the bill. He never had intentions of, of letting the charges go through. His entire program, everything he did was about stealing the money, getting his car fixed and not having to pay. And so somebody like that, I don't want them back in my shop. Someone who curses at my staff. You say one curse word to my staff. I will carry you out the front door of this shop and you will never set foot back in it again. Right. You don't disrespect my staff. Somebody that is extremely high workload to deal with. Right. um, we, We've we got a really great client, love them to death, but um, they experience some mental issues. And it is four and five hours on the telephone calls. Right. It is every day you're spending six hours on the telephone with this person just trying to work through explaining things to them and helping them understand and then them going back and forth. And at some point I have to say this isn't healthy for me or you. And so my job is as shop owner to come back and say, listen, I'm really sorry, but, you know, I'm busy right now. I can't get you in uh, people who don't want what we sell. Right. And I've, I've got a perfect example of it. We we had a guy who came in. We're perfectly friendly. He's from town. He's he's friends with a friend of mine. And and this guy literally is known online by a persona that starts with crazy. Right. And He's a smart guy. I'm not saying he's not a smart guy. It's just the point that every single time he comes in, well, I don't understand why I'm paying for this. And I don't want to pay for that. And I don't want to pay for this. And I don't want to pay for that. That's not fair that I'm paying for this. Okay, and then well, sometimes it's the argument, sell, what... the argument
1: after. The argument comes after they've approved it.
0: They've exactly. already approved it. Like you had that and then crazy they'll guy. They'll fight you just to get the money back. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll create they're, a they're, fight just to refund it. The guy that you had at the counter, that
1: he's like, I guess I'm going to have to pay it. You're holding my car hostage. It's like, whoa, well, what are you talking about? You approved this online. Like you had yeah. to physically approve this online. Absolutely. How did you not know how, how much this was going to be? Well, I just don't think it's fair. Like that guy's not coming back in. Like I, I'm not going to get into confrontation. I avoid confrontation. I'm not going to carry anybody out the front door. That's going to be a thing. I don't, I don't like confrontation. So if I have to confront somebody, I'm already uncomfortable and I'm already annoyed. You're going on the list. Like I shouldn't have to confront you as, yeah, no, hey, I'm, this I, is the bill you have to pay. It, hey, you approve this? Hey, I'm sorry, we don't take 3:30 waiting oil changes. Like you can complain all you want, but this, we've already talked about this. This is the third time I've had to bring this up. Do not call for a 3:30 uh, waiting a w- or show up and expect that I'm just going to drop everything and go. And, and we just had a customer; something got messed up with the brakes, the parking brake thing got adjusted properly, whatever. The car, when you first thing in the morning would moan like a whale. Okay. <laughs> the, the, yeah. It was terrible. Okay. Fine. She, now she's concerned that there's a safety concern. Fine. She brings it back in for another service. We check the brakes. The brakes look fine. The, the noise only happens for 20 minutes. So after she pulls away, could from you her imagine house, driving through town, sounding sounding like a whale for twenty minutes? Yeah, well, and it's it's for twenty minutes of driving, and maybe even not twenty minutes, but it was just it was the car was cold, sat overnight. You would go drive it, it would moan for a while, it would stop. By the time she would get to our shop, the moaning was gone, and so we didn't hear anything. And and so I she comes in for a service after we'd done the brakes, we check the car. She's like, hey, I'm hearing a noise. Okay, we check everything physically looks fine on the brakes. Now, we, I don't think we went in and checked the parking brake or whatever, but everything looked fine on the brakes. Everything looked normal. And there was no noise and the car was stopping and we had nice even wear. Everything was fine. Two months later, <laughs> two months later, she walks in at like in the middle of the day at 1230 and demands that we look at it right now. And and we're like, okay, well, let's put you in a loaner. I don't want a loaner. Okay. We're, everybody's at lunch. So there's no possibility of somebody looking at it right now. On top of that, you already driven the car. The noise is gone. So the noise is now not there. So we don't know what to look for. Uh, it's 1230. Everybody's at lunch and you're refusing to leave the car here. Well, that just doesn't fit my schedule. It's like, okay, <laughs> you need to work with us. You need, I want the owner to call me. Fine. I call her and she's giving me the same spiel. And I finally have to ask her. I say, hey, what is it you want me to do? I want you to come down to my house and listen to this noise. I don't want to go to the shop. I said, and leave my car. And I said, fine. I will go to your house. So at 8:30, I was at her house and we got in the car and I heard the noise. And I said, I think there's something wrong with the parking brake. Fine. Okay. I said, come in tomorrow at 8:30 and I will bump everybody out of the way to pull your car in first so we can service this and fix it. 8.30 the next morning, do you think she was there? No. no.
2: She <laughs> no. should have scheduled online, took a video of her, the sound she was hearing. She did take it. a video
1: of it. The problem is, like, <laughs> the video, she had a video of the noise. So we could hear the noise. The problem is, it, it wasn't crunchy. It wasn't crunchy. It was, it was like, yeah, it sounded like we Dory. To, we
2: it was to add this at, to our... <laughs> That's <says>, a <laughs> dory what sound. What sound what sound is your car making? The sound, <laughs> the dory sound.
1: <laughs> yeah, the dory whale sound. That's what it sounded like. And so uh at 8 30, she wasn't there. She had shot a video, but the problem is like you still need to be able to drive it to like do I hear it backing up, only going forward? Does it increase as I go faster? Because that that means it's all different things. No, if you once you got it up to a certain speed, the noise would go away. It was only from a stop, accelerating the first like 5 miles an hour it would make the noise. Anyway, she rolls in about 10 10:30.
0: <laughs> she oh, wants
1: dude. service now. And I knew dude, she was going to do that. That was me. No. I see 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 you see Stephen? Do you see that reaction, that visceral reaction from from yeah. Lucas? My entire schedule is now upended because of this potentially Put her on the list.
2: Yeah, and That's so exactly like right. she's
1: going to go on the list. And here's here's the the like really Science annoying part. part. I, I pull, I bought everything. I'm like, I don't know if it's the brakes. I don't know if it's pads. I don't know if it's parking brake hardware, whatever. I bought it all brand new, had it all sitting there waiting. We had a bay open. I said, don't put anything in this bay because she's going to roll up late. I just had a feeling when she wasn't there at 830. My service advisor was like, she's going to pull in like 10, 1030. Well, he texted me. He's like, guess who just showed up? She, we, she pulls into the bay. We, we take it all apart. My tech's like, hey, I think it was the parking brake got adjusted out too far. I said, okay, well, whatever. Do whatever you got to do. Fix that. Just don't want this thing to come back for this noise. At, at she The entire time, she's standing at the window staring at my tech. The entire time, watching him take every bolt out, just mean mugging him the whole time to pace him back and forth, which is right by where my service advisor sits. And he can't sit down and do his job. Because she's all up in his business. So this is disrupting. For like two hours, this has disrupted the entire flow of the shop. Everything is out of whack now. We're behind on other cars because we had to stop deal with this one car. Because she didn't want to follow the way we do things. We drop the car off. We give you a loaner if you can't get a ride or whatever, right? We have loaner vehicles. We offered it to her to it. She wouldn't take it. Whatever. Fine. He's taken all this apart. And then at some point, she's like, hey, I've got new brake pads in the back of my car. Can you put them on? <laughs> We're <had> just done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I bought. What
0: was really going on.
1: <laughs> I, I bought Akibono Bono brakes. Now she was very impressed with herself that she had bought Akibono brakes. The problem is Akibono isn't OE on Toyota. It's like Advios so or whatever the name of that company is, yeah. is OE on Toyota. She thought she was buying OE brakes, but at a discount because they weren't green Toyota brakes. Toyota brakes are typically green. And so she thought she was, she was impressed with herself that she had bought. But, and, and here's the other thing, Akibono has like three lines. They have a cheap line, a middle line and a premium line, and they all squeal. So I'm definitely not putting Akibono brakes on her car. And he and and on top of that, she'd already bought brakes for me. We were already doing the job again, just to appease her. There was nothing wrong with our pads and rotors. in turns out it was a parking brake, which we didn't replace. The the technician had not adjusted them properly when he did the job the first time. So now he was doing it, he was cleaning it everything up, lubricating everything. We were redoing the whole brake job. Anyway, she's going on the list. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> All Look, that to you know, tell you that now there's an
0: asterisk on her name. <laughs> well, I mean, here's the thing is, is like for us, we we set very, very specific rules about how you're going to act in the shop. And we don't tell them like we have rules and you're going to follow them. It's that here's how we work. Here's what we do. And I'm building a process. And we do to that to be it. equitable to everybody.
1: Yeah. This is so nobody gets screwed over. It's fair to yeah. the shop. It's fair to the employees. It's fair to the customer. That's yeah. why there's rules.
0: Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. But, and, but is, it, is it that the other shops aren't doing that, that the consumer gets this idea everybody's yes. trying to screw them over? So yes. now what happens is, is they come to our shop, which we're not trying to. We're trying to do it right, but they are so afraid they're going to get screwed over, so afraid somebody's taking advantage of them that they don't ever see it. And, it's the and, flipping yeah. seven to seven
1: Firestones, dude. It's the seven to seven Firestones. I'm sorry. If you're listening to this and you're open seven to seven, we need to talk. That's some BS. The, the month, the, all, all seven days like you don't have a day off. So what yeah. are you doing? Just rotating schedules out and you got to overstaff your your store because you got to give people days off. So you have guy working 4 days this week and 3 days the next and 4 days and 3 days whatever. All I'm saying is they shouldn't be working that long. And we've conditioned customers that I hey, I'm going to wait here. And that's why I have this nice waiting area and I've got coffee and I've got TV with like, you know, Family Feud playing for 24/7 24 hours a day. Like I've got this built so you can be expect to sit here and wait for me to service your car. Do they even get to the vehicle? Have you actually gone in and waited? I I went in for to a dealership to have my transmission. Uh, it, the car was under warranty before I owned a shop. The the transmission had a problem in the synchro, a third to fourth synchro, something like that. And the the service advisor goes, yeah, we're going to have to replace that that's with the warranty. They're going to have to open the case up. I said, okay. Well, they didn't offer me a loaner. The It was like a 30-minute drive to the dealership. I sat there and waited. I watched tennis. Have you ever watched tennis? It's the most <laughs> it's awful, boring sport. I'm sure playing tennis is fun. I don't know. I'm a chubby guy. I'm not going to play tennis. But I'm sure it's fun. But watching it? I'm sure live it's interesting. Some sports like hockey is interesting live. Don't watch hockey on, on TV. That is That's true. boring AF. The tennis is boring. It is awful. They were playing tennis. I watched six hours of tennis. I think it was Wimbledon or it was one of the, like the big opens. Australian. I don't even know. The court was blue. I remember you this. A lot this was like 15 crazy. years no, ago. So 15 years ago. This is like burned in my brain for six hours. I sat there, six, seven hours. I sat there waiting for this car to be serviced in this big cushy chair. I didn't want to be there. What's wrong with people? Why do they wait? Why do they do that? I don't understand. Do you well, really I mean, want to sit at a dealership? Do you really want to sit at a Firestone and drink crappy coffee and watch Family Feud? There's other things to do. Get a loner. All I'm saying it. is. They shouldn't be open seven to seven. You're conditioning these customers to expect immediate service. Right now, I've got 17 technicians waiting for you to you come think, in right now.
0: You know, you know who I could see that would want to go into a shop like that and and experience that? George. I bet George was the guy who took his car into a shop and waited and all people
1: that milk. have nothing else
0: to do. Old
1: people that are retired and my
0: family's moved away from me,
1: and maybe like they're strange too, so now nobody likes me and I don't get <laughs> I don't get. <laughs> I don't get invited to Thanksgiving, and what do I have to do all day? Bitch and moan to people, and show up to stores and waste people's time. And I'm gonna go, and I'm gonna sit there, and I'm gonna drink your crappy coffee. And they always ask for coffee. I don't understand. Do you have any coffee? Do you really want to drink the coffee I make at a repair shop? What do you think? I have got a barista in the back. Do you think that's what is that it was, a is going on?
0: Coffee filter.
1: A what? Uh, red grease red coffee filter yeah g- red grease red, 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 red coffee filter that's the coffee you're getting <laughs> that coffee that's what's going on what what is what kind of coffee do you think you're getting at least go sit at a restaurant or a coffee shop like that's what they're designed to do get your laptop your your it's an it's always an ipad because old people right it's it's an ipad go to your coffee shop i i'm don't worry steven nobody over like 50 listens to this podcast. It's, <laughs> nobody
0: at 50 listens to this podcast. I'm just telling you right now. So you don't have Dutch to worry about this. complains about it. And Dutch is definitely not going to listen to this. because Dude, Dutch, Dutch doesn't is listen like, to the podcast. Oh, Dutch, Dutch is listen to listen. He's wholly against. He is absolutely against online scheduling. He, he thinks it is he has the told fault me.
2: of our industry. He, is, he has told you, me. You I'm, call I'm him? working on him. I'm working on him slowly but surely. I, He'll I think come I'll around. probably message him at some point. He was actually one of the first people one of the ways that auto ops gained some traction in the beginning was we just sent out some surveys and i was actually trying to learn about how shop owners think about online scheduling one of the very first people last year he was like <laughs> this is terrible i almost quit i almost is t- <laughs> <laughs> still ruining is people's terrible. lives man. no listen no <laughs> but he's 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 softened up a little bit i'll reach out to him soon but uh well and i want to go back real quick to what you guys were saying about You know, I call it personally firing a customer is that not only do you avoid a bad review, do you, you know, do you save yourself a hassle, your employees don't get hassled, is that it actually allows you to continue on being known for being good at something. Yeah. Is that it actually allows you to when you do jobs that suit your shop better. It allows you to gain reputation being known well for that industry. So, yep. you know, for us. The, the repairs this-
1: could, be, it could be equal. The repairs that shop A and shop B could be the same repair. It's personality. People that come into our shop and are happy with our service, it's because what we delivered is what they were expecting. We set the expectation. They were fine with it. They were happy with it. And then they left happy. We didn't do anything different on our five-star reviews that it did with our one-star reviews. The unwarranted ones. We didn't do anything different. We treated everybody the same. We were friendly. We communicated the way we communicate through text. We sent pictures. We sent them the estimate. We don't call and pressure anybody to sell anything. We don't say, well, if you don't do this, you're going to die tomorrow. We don't do any of that. That whole spiel. We don't, we yeah. avoid it all. And yet they're upset at us because we recommended a belt. Okay. Decline it. and Move on with your life. Don't leave me a one-star review because I recommended a belt you felt like some, some cousin mechanic of yours who doesn't know what the hell they're doing is telling you, oh, you don't need a belt. At what point do you need a belt then? When it snaps off, do you even know what the hell you're talking about? You don't know what you're talking about. So why don't you leave it to the professionals or find somebody else that fits what you want them to do for you? That's yeah, not I us.
2: Think- thing that helps should help that's you guys saying. yeah and the thing that it should help you guys and i always tell myself is that the people who give one star reviews is they're also the people with crappy friends you don't want at your shop anyway so <laughs> yeah. that's what i think it yeah. kind of you know it reminded me when you were talking about you know the customer who brings in the crappy non-oe part and you're like we can't do this we get people hitting us up in you know slight offshoots of automotive repair we'll get car washes we'll get Hinting places and they'll be like hey can you put on like this feature and this and they're asking you to do all this crazy stuff and that's when you realize it's not even worth it because i'm just going to lose credibility in the auto repair space i'm not going to be as yeah. good i'm not going to be known for being as good at just full auto repair independent shops and so that kind of reminds me of you know in our we gotta we gotta consider that in our um that there's a time to fire customers because they just distract you they just distract you it, from doing what you're good at
0: Do you? So let me ask you this, and I've talked to some other people. Obviously, restaurants deal with it. Hospitality deals with it. Do you deal with with crazy clients like that? I mean, you're dealing with professionals who face those challenges every day. You know what I'm saying? But do do you shop owners of the the most
1: not self aware group in the history? Do you? Do you have any idea how cheap shop owners well, are? Like $99 a month? That's insane. I just can't justify the cost. It's like, what are you talking about? I've seen what you spend money on. What are you t- what are you talking about? That's too much money. You do $2.1 million a year. You're arguing for
2: $99 it should be $69. Shut up. Yeah, God. And- that's a personal so two points that honestly and this is the truth i've never had like a real poor interaction with the shop owner. i really right. never i've never had anyone getting mad now i like to think it's we we specialize in one thing and we do a good job at it. we don't try to do 10 things i'm sure if we tried came out and was like we do 100 things in one i'd get yelled at from everyone but so i've only had positive interactions but the one thing i have learned is obviously there is some shop owners who really push us on price or real price sensitive is that those they're never going to be successful they're for us they're never going to be successful customers yeah. if you're really the only reason that you find value in auto is that you could get it for you know way less of a price if you're really yeah if you're if you're crunching numbers over 30 40 bucks a month then obviously we we understand you don't want another bill we're conscious of that but for the customers who really pushed on me we've had in, in full transparency we've had we have about we're in about 180 shops i think we've had four leave so far since since starting all of those people i look back and they were given huge discounts and so i think there's a reason yeah. why if you just can't see the value in what we do up front from the get go yeah i'm not, yeah, then I'm not to do
0: a discount yeah
2: yeah because but the you problem will is never the, the, the value. point though yeah.
1: the point is that these people complain about the customer nickel and diming them so doesn't then make they any turn sense. around and complain about Then they turn around. Well, yeah. It's like the shop owner that like, gets mad at the one-star review, but that's the same guy leaving one-star reviews at restaurants because and, and, he didn't get the bread in time. Like, what are you doing? You own a well,
0: business. I, I, Leave five-star here, here, reviews everywhere you go. Or don't do it. the thing it. is you, you watch those people and you know who they are. Right. Like if you pay, oh, yeah. if we you know. pay attention, we know. You know who they are because you <laughs> yes, see, like they, they're always mad at their technicians. They're always frustrated. The technician costs them money. the money. The technician was the problem. They're always yeah. mad at the customers. It's always somebody else. Right. It's, in, and, and you know, I think that's something to think about when you deal with those clients that are like that and you deal with, with others in your industry who are like that is if you pay close enough attention, you realize this is not a you problem. This is more of they're unwilling to accept responsibility for anything in life problem right yeah. it's always got to be somebody else because it couldn't be me you know yeah david and there's uh, there's <laughs>
2: someone i was listening to and they were basically just saying this is something that i took on a personal level but i expanded now on a lot of things is that usually when things aren't going well in your life you can always whenever you know whether it's be personally whether i meet someone there's always something off there's always something that that there's off no one is like doing yeah. everything perfect in life and it just doesn't work out for them there's always something weird and something that I've taken even a little bit of comfort in auto ops, the ones that, and we're, as I say this, I'm going to talk about maybe shops who aren't of the highest quality. We're trying to find ways here at auto ops. We're changing our pricing model. We're adding new features to work with shops who are getting started. And, you know, who are doing 20 K a month. Um, we're trying to find ways to work with their shops. But right now the shops that don't see value in auto ops are the ones where I get on a call and they have a hundred papers flying around behind them. Their shops all in disarray. They're screaming out of tech while I'm on the call. You're like, i yeah. know i'm not going to close this and i know you know it's it's maybe not even it's unrelated to auto ops this is that you have you have other issues in your shop so that's not to say wow exactly. and and
0: mid mid sales conversation man i can't hear you what I, I can't hear you you know and all of a sudden you you just click end and you're done and <laughs> it's over
2: I've been, right? on, I've been on calls showing someone ops and literally they're screaming at their technician while on the call. Luckily, no, we, we, a- have signed, <laughs> yes. we have signed none of those shows. <laughs> well,
0: because, I mean, you know they're going to be screaming at you tomorrow because yeah. it's not working like they think it should. So, you know, and and look, I think there's a lot of fear about online scheduling, right? And so I, I was a little afraid, right? When I set mine fear. up, David had acuity. Fear? Why, why was there fear? Wait, would you shut up for a minute? Um, <laughs> That was a dumb statement is saying.
2: no I, so, losing control no it's scary losing what, control what, like giving a piece what, of control over
0: to I was not a af- let me let me explain I was not afraid until I talked to Dutch. And then I talked to Doug, and he's like, "The world's going to be over. Your shot's going to go out what, of business. Why?
1: Why? I don't understand. What's his hesitancy?
0: Do, do you have his list of concerns about online scheduling? I can't remember all of them. I can probably go uh, find them online. I have it somewhere in a message, but I do not have it off the. So, top
1: like
2: of
0: my long story, lets you
1: set up parking lot scheduling like the way you do, Lucas.
0: Right. Exactly. Like you just so build when, that
1: into the online scheduler.
0: That, that's well, how I've got mine set up. Right, and I adjust it as I go. And so, if I get too busy, I back down. If I'm not busy enough, I ramp it up. And so, I'm I'm controlling that workflow. And his concern was: is how do you control this? How do you do this? Yeah, and there's well, no unless... way you're going to have bad people in your shop. You're going to, you know.
2: Yeah, a couple common misconceptions, of like general ones, and I know not all people think, but these are some common misconceptions that a we get into guaranteeing when the service will be finished. We do not get into, we don't get it. Our goal is at Auto Ops is to get customers in your shop to shake your service advisor's hands. We don't yeah. get into being like, it's going to be four hours. You can pick up your vehicle at this point. We, that is, it's your job to communicate with the customer on that end. Our job is to get the customer in your shop. We just want to convert better from your current marketing spend. So that's one thing, a common misconception. Another misconception is we get into like, guaranteeing pricing we don't do anything i mean you can there is ways to include pricing ranges we have a few shops who opt to do that but in general like when we pull declined services from your shop management software we're not putting in the price parts change all the time if you quoted someone seven months ago so we don't get into pricing that's not something we do another thing is that like this is there's a fear that online scheduling is leading to like I never see my customer. They come, they put in an electronic key drop, they fill out a form then, they schedule online, they drop the car off, they come pick up their keys, text to pay, and that I never get to see my customers. And that's what auto ops is leading to. That's not what we're leading to. We still think one of the most important pieces of retention is a service advisor coming over, shaking your hand, saying hello, being really friendly to you. And that, that, uh oh, David, you're shaking your head. You do not believe that's that's not key. David, hates, we, David we avoid. Hates yeah,
1: we, we avoid all that. I don't. I, I don't. Yeah, I avoid all that. It's not well, that I don't want like people come in, gonna, they drop off their car, they're friendly, but I prefer they they just leave the keys and then we try to do everything, communicate everything. But at the end of the day, like, hey, we're not trying to hang out. Okay, like, do you still want me to fix your car in a friendly and communicative manner at a fair price with a good quality repair. That's it. That's what I offer. Like I'm not here to to ask you about your dog or like I don't. Know.
2: Yeah. And apart from that, obviously so auto repair for the introverts. Piece of retention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and one thing I obviously I, a lot of times we leave out service, you you have to provide good service. That's obviously the yeah. biggest part of retention. If you do a crappy job, your customers leave every time. Um but yeah, that's some of the things I think. And then the the biggest part which this is something that we've just We've worked on over time and it's getting better and better is the fear of that I cannot have enough schedule settings and enough control over my calendar, and I can't tweak it in the ways I want to feel comfortable. That if a customer sees a time slot on my scheduler, that I will actually be able to do the work. And that for all of our shops we fixed. In the beginning, it took us a while to get our first like five shops because our schedule settings were not up to par. Today we have schedule settings. You could say, okay, I want three waiters from 8am to 11am. And I want four drop offs from 8 to 2pm. And I want the soonest the customer to schedule is one day out. But if it's a new customer, I want them to schedule uh, to be able to schedule as soon as two hours out. And I want to block drop offs from dropping off from two to four because something's happening in that time range. And I want current customers to have, you know, this kind of experience. And I want new customers to be able to skip these parts of the experience just get into my shop quicker. And I want people to be able to call my shop at this point. So The schedule settings, as much as some of the stuff that blows up a little bit about autops is the fancy stuff. Fancy stuff is cool. It's cool when you type in your number and the customer sees their name and vehicles pop up and it creates that live experience that they feel in other industries. Yeah, that's super cool. But if you can't back it up, that live experience, the feeling of live experience, with actually good enough schedule settings to provide live time slots, then nothing. Really right. The though. the
0: customizability and and the ability to move them where they need to be. And I, I think yeah. that's the biggest fear. And and you know, once I got to talking to Dutch, that that was really his fear was that I get into a situation where I can't service the vehicle when it shows yeah. up. That's the number and, one. You know, fear. acuity, when we had that set up, we run everything, right? We don't we don't manually schedule anything. Everything we do here goes through acuity. So, like, if you want to make an appointment for a client, you're going in Acuity to make the, the appointment. Yep. And so, is that something you can do with auto ops? Do we have the option to schedule manually in auto ops like that?
2: Correct. Yeah, we have an internal scheduler, and kind of this gets to the back to that safety point for a sec. We have an internal scheduler where it skips the verification code for service advisors who obviously already have access to customer data through the shop management software. We're not providing them anything they couldn't get. But yeah, you can schedule on behalf of customers through AutoOps, obviously. But once again, you could schedule just schedule an appointment normally in shopware, and obviously we pick that up on our end. We're calculating all availability live, instantly by the time. Of right, even if a customer, if you put something in shop or when a customer is mid-scheduling but they didn't get to the calendar yet we'll still update that because we don't pull availability until you actually click on that calendar page at that point then we're calculating availability based on the service duration we're looking for a time it could fit in your calendar and then all the auto op schedule settings go on top of that so and honestly a lot of people we, we've switched a lot of people over from acuity simply based on the integration the decline services that we yeah, pull for sure the, the auto specific to what we do but they have good. They have great settings in general. Acuity has done a a good job at. Obviously, they focus just on scheduling. So we're really, what they're focused on the schedule setting side. But then when it comes to being auto specific and the integration with shop management software and the way we yeah the customizability we have that makes sense only for auto shops. That's really where we've succeeded. But have you guys been happy with just the on the scheduling piece? The level of do you really dive into the schedule settings with Acuity?
0: I, I dive in pretty. Lucas does that. Down. <laughs> I, and and so basically what I do is I follow parking lot scheduling, which means that every so each each job right in auto repair you have an average hour per ro right And so I know how many hours my technician can turn. so let's say it's it's Eric and he can turn nine hours a day. Well, if his average repair order is three hours, how many jobs can he do? He can do three right And so I know better than scheduling more than three, and, and really what I'm targeting is, is like the initial evaluation. And and one of my fears when I went to Acuity was, is like, how do I explain to them that most likely I'm going to have your car for two days? Maybe it's three. Maybe it's four. I don't know. But don't plan on dropping your car off and picking it up that afternoon, right? And so we still schedule the majority of clients on the telephone. That's where we still get the majority of scheduling. And so when we... When we set it up, I came in and I I built forms and I built a write up that helps explain that, that, hey, you know, you're going to drop it off. I need you to drop it off first thing in the morning. We don't do any waiters. And so they drop it off first thing in the morning. They bring the car in. We look at it. And so that first schedule for us is an hour and a half. Now they see four hours. Right. And I tell my clients, hey, it's going to be four to six hours before you hear from me again. Right. I'm not I'm not going to call you back in two hours. I'm not going to call you back when this schedule's up. And so what it does is it allows me to get in. I know Eric's going to be on that job. I've got a a testing routine that's one hour on most all my vehicles. And I've got 0.5 that's for our peace of mind process. That's an hour and a half. So how many can he do before lunchtime? He can do three of those before lunchtime. And then we're writing the estimates. We're getting the approvals. That typically converts to four, four and a half hours. And so you see what I'm saying? Like now I drop that back into the parking lot. Wherever I can fit it in, and it keeps me from overbooking. Does that make sense? In other words, it's set up based on our actual capacity and actual ability. And then if we get too busy in the shop, I go in, I click, and I change it down to where Eric only gets two appointments today. Eric only gets two appointments from here on out. Or, hey, we're not busy enough, and my my GS guy, he's flying through work. I need to get more appointments in for him, and it gives me the ability to curtail it and go up and down as I need to, if that makes yep.
2: sense. Yeah, you know 100%. Give me 2 seconds to plug in my laptop so it doesn't die real quick. <laughs> Sorry about oh,
0: you But
2: um, yeah, l- like you were saying that that stuff especially, and that's that's what we figured out a lot more. Is a lot of people were saying, yeah, I want to schedule like max appointments per day per technician, but it, if you're not doing it based off hours, it's it's never going to be
0: as, as accurate. Um, so it, let me ask you this: Is that how you're scheduling? Because so, in other words, in Acuity, I have it set up to where I'm scheduling for an employee, right? In other words, yep. like that is a technician, and and that calendar. Is how they look at it, and that calendar is the technician, and here's his capability. And so if I need to back it down, he's going on vacation, I can block just him off, right? And so one of my fears with changing was that a lot of the other schedulers I looked at didn't do it like that. It was that all of the schedule, it was just a schedule for the shop, and you have this many bays, right? And I'm like, nah, dude, I don't want that. I want to be able to break it down by employee because each employee has different potential. They work on different things. They have different abilities. And so I've got to be able to funnel the right job to the right person. I've got one guy who just does oil services and tires. I've got one guy who just does, you know, alignment, steering, and suspension. I've got one guy who does heavy line and diag. So I have to be able to, to decipher where that's going. Now, I'm an intensive manager in that sense, right? Like I'm on top of that paying attention, trying to make sure we're taking it to that extreme level. Some shops are just like, well, we'll figure it out when they get here. What? How are you handling that?
2: Yeah, and that's that. That's where everything is going with auto ops. So once again, being a company that just focuses on online scheduling, these are the nitty-gritty we get to dive into. So, yeah, right now we're currently developing the ability hours. It's going to be hour-based and technician-based. Right now we're basing that on the unassigned column. The part that we've been struggling with is the shops who get nervous assigning appointments to specific technicians because they don't have a good enough understanding of what the customer exactly needs so they don't understand which technicians it's even going to based on what the customer says because the goal would be i mean would you guys feel comfortable saying hey if a customer indicated i mean obviously you'll be able to move around your customer your calendar but hey the customer indicated that they're hearing this kind of engine noise that it always goes to your you know heavy diag technician
0: yeah, I mean that would that's how I would handle it. Yeah.
2: And do you currently when you it, you're not I know there's some crazy stuff you can try to do with Zapier for some of the shop management software to build integration. Have you played Yeah, we're
0: with integrated that? through Zapier. Zapier and Acuity integrate. Um it's there's things that Shopware won't show Zapier and there's things that Acuity won't show Zapier so it can cause some problems. The biggest frustration that I have with with Shopware AutoFlow and Zapier right now is, is Reason Vehicles here, right? Because I can pull Reason Vehicles here from Acuity, but I can't get it into the Reason Vehicles here in uh, Shopware and I can't put it into AutoFlow automatically. So like my idea was, is like when I, so AutoFlow or AutoText me, right? Like you've got an inspection. And so when we start that inspection at the top, it's got Reason Vehicles here. And so what we use that for is, is we take the labor lines from the repair order and we say, okay, they're, they're getting a oil service. Well, the oil service is done. That part of the process is complete. Well, they're also getting a break evaluation. The break evaluation is in process now. And then you drop some note in there that says, Hey, we'll be in touch within the next three to four hours to give you an estimate. Well, that means you give them the first contact without the service advisor who's already overwhelmed picking up the telephone to call them and say, hey, I'll be to you as soon as possible. Now they've gotten a text and email and it says in there, hey, we've done this part. We've done this part. We're actually working on the car. We're in process right now and they'll be in touch by this time. Well, what does that mean? Well, now I don't have to pick up that client's telephone and call them. I don't have to bother them. They don't have to bother me. I'm still moving forward and getting work done. And so it expedites the shop a little bit. And so, yeah. that, that's probably my biggest frustration with any of the integrations I've got right now is I really want RVH to be, you know, fluent across the board in all of my applications, right?
2: Totally, yeah. And we do a good job, yeah. And that's one of the biggest things is how you can collect better information for your technicians to – and really, the key is can we – yeah, obviously, can we have it in all of our integrations? And obviously, all the shop management software as we integrate, it's going in for a shop where yeah reason for customer visit. Um, but, yeah, can you – decrease you know slow could you yeah could you get to a diagnostic uh, evaluation correct evaluation quicker um, with collecting better information and the way you can customize kind of this issue tree in auto ops to ask hey so yeah not just only breaks hey is it a you know is it making a sound when you speed up so those kind of things like hey what kind of sound is it making does it happen when you speed up asking those questions to get better information while not you know, pushing the customer out of the scheduling experience just because it's too long. It's kind of the balance we go against. Um, but going back to that scheduling, yeah, we do a good job right now of basically... Yeah, appointments per time slot, Appointment in your shop management software, appointments per time slot online, total amount of appointments per day, then going down into drop-off and waiting, different hours for those, different capacities for drop-off and waiting, um, getting into the duration of the service. So we do a good job at looking at the duration of the specific service that the customer selects and putting that in the shop management software. The part we don't do now and that we're going to be launching probably end of September is the full assigning it to a technician um, and okay. then being able to calculate availability based on, okay, yeah, this technician only does inspections. They can't do full diag stuff. Um, then being able to limit availability based on technician.
0: That's pretty cool. Yep. That, that's a neat concept. And, and that that's that's one of the reasons I've never switched from Acuity is because I have so much control in that area. And I have the ability to have it on that. But the thing is, is it's a lot of work to build out Acuity to do that. Now, here's the thing that I'll say about Acuity is that it seems less scary to me to try and build that out than build out a trouble tree. Right. Because I'm thinking like, as the technically minded guy, I'm over here like, Oh my God, there's thousands of things that it could be. And there's thousands of questions I would want to ask. And I'm going to end up like, dude, AWS, but you can take me if I sign up because (laughs) like, I'm going to have five gigs of trouble tree. (laughs) You can take
1: Jim Morton's diagnostic questionnaire, dump it in. You do that'll that. that'll take what 80 90 percent of the cases and handle them
0: yeah that would work
2: yeah and we have a couple people that have uploaded Yeah, you know well-known uh, diag questionnaires that their service advisors were previously using and they just use them in auto ops um, so that's been cool to see uh, but, yeah, the one thing you also have to remember is we can take a lot of that load off. And the plan is, you know, with Shopware is that we can already pull in. You'll just be able to go in AutoOps. We already have full integration. Well, you'll be able to see all your technicians. You can just assign them to a calendar. Um, we can pull in if you have durations for certain services that we can match up and, like, correctly map out this. If they answer these questions, we connect it to this um, this service in shopware and then we understand the technician so there's a lot we can do on the setup side to make that and the plan is to make it super easy where it's not like a five hour i'm sure how many hours have you spent building out acuity the goal is that we can make that the goal is that we can make that build out process a lot simpler by being able to pull all that information in from your shop management software
0: that's pretty cool dude that's pretty legit. Yeah, that's
2: the uh, that's the plan. But yeah, these are the things. Being a company that just focuses on online scheduling, that we uh, gives you some get
0: opportunity. To, yeah,
2: yeah, dive into. So and we have yeah, our developers. We're not building websites on the side or <laughs> building the crazy CRM. Is that we just really focus on this kind of stuff. So and props to the people. We couldn't do our we couldn't do our jobs without the people building great websites that drive yeah, for sure the viewers to then yeah. We we love all the website companies work with because we need those viewers to actually convert to paying customers online. Once again, a lot of this is just about engaging customers where they want to be engaged at. If Dutch wants to call in his local shop, he can do that every day of the week. And that's why we have a full integration. So that when they put Dutch's appointment on the calendar, um, we then, for the person who wants to schedule online, we just updated that availability. So it's really just engaging the customer we're at. And that's kind of where AutoOps is heading is that. Obviously right now a primary point is, you know, people are scheduling from the website. But right now even a lot of people have QR code on a mailer that goes to your website and opens up the scheduling. But that's kind of an example of just meeting people wherever they are. However they want to get in your shop, if yeah. they want to get in your shop, we want to provide them a way to do that as, as frictionless as possible.
0: How do they uh cool. how do they find out about auto ops?
2: Uh as a as a shop owner. Yeah. Yeah. Autoops.com is a I don't like taking people to our, right to our like book a demo page because I want you to go on, research kind of what we do, see how it makes sense for your shop. Uh, but yeah, really the benefit of AutoOps is how customizable it is for all these specific shops. Yeah, go to autoops.com and uh, I, I, say it, I say it on every show. People, people call me on it all the time. Give me a call. My phone number's on the website, 717-440-7702. If I don't pick up in 5-10 minutes, I don't care if you call me at 11 p.m., I'll throw you a little bit of a discount, but I always pick up. <laughs> you you want to hear a good story? David's calling dude, at dude, one a.m.
1: Man, dude, <laughs> dude, I'm cutting all uh, that out. What are you doing? No, this is terrible. No, just <laughs> throw it on the form out online, uh, and I will get dude. back to you as soon as possible.
2: <laughs> a guy in North Carolina. Wh- I almost want to give his sh- 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 shop a shout out. He filled out a form at like 10, 20 p.m. last night. Right. And he filled out the form. He's on it. He's on his phone. He's awake. Gave him a call right then and there. I said, "Hey." This is Steven. I just wanted to say hi. I took a look at your Dude, shop. Dude, if you I
1: called know. me at 1020 if on, they're filled on. out a form, I would freak out. He like, said to me, he said,
2: he said, can you just get on the computer now? This is the only time that works for me. My shop, I'm busy at my shop all day. What? Can you do a demo now? I got on the computer. We did it. We sat on there 25 minutes. I showed him all of auto ops. He signed the it that name. night. Give me the name. We're calling this guy up. We've gotta like, know who it is. CNC. Dude, hold on. Let me pull it up. CNC Automotive. His name is. Give me two seconds. I was on we the phone. Bleep it course. out. Be like <laughs> bleep. Yeah, bleep it out. Look, you ready? This is, and he's down in. Yeah, he's down in North Carolina. Chad Nielsen. Chad Nielsen. Did,
0: you did make sure that you invited him to ASTE,
2: right? I. Everyone's got to go to AST. That's going to be one of, that's, uh, we're having like a big amount of our team come down. That's like one of really? our top. Awesome, dude. People are, you know, and there's, there's a lot, of, I've ran into the world of conferences. We looked at like 14, 15. I mean, there's like yeah. three that we're focused on. And ASTE is getting, I mean, it's blown up. Everyone's talking about it. When I talk to people, it's like, they're always, you know, I was at a conference last week and it's always, will you be at AST? So.
0: Yeah. And, and dude, it, it's where kind of like I got my start trying to fix things with my shop, but like the three that I always try and make sure I attend, you know, is always going to be ASTE, right? It's always going to be apex and it's always going to be vision. Right. right. If so I can make those, those things vision. work, those are the ones that like, I if I can attend, those are the ones that I'm going to do my best to attend. Um, okay. and, and, you know, I say that Sherry's going to kill me. I, I love vision. But if I had a choice between vision in the freezing cold in March with 200 mile an hour winds and 80 degrees the next day and Southern California and the Equipment and Tool Institute's uh, yeah. uh, tool tech, I don't, that list was terrible. It's ETI Tool Tech, it's uh, AST,
1: it's whatever the Institute's got going on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Yeah, the Institute
0: does <laughs> some really awesome shows. And hey, man, you got go to go. Are
1: they doing? Are they doing the, like the management thing? Is that every other year? The they're one they do it every other year. Yeah. Okay. So it's going to be yeah. Mars in 2024, and then 2025 they'll do the that makes yeah, sense. and Apex, yeah. and then tools. Dude. Forgot tools.
0: Yeah, I took my family to tools
1: last year. Tools was good. Tools needs cool, more yeah. vendor support. Poor tools. Uh, I'll be yes. honest.
2: Final thing. I've heard some mixed reviews about Apex, especially on the vendor side. And a quick note on vendors is that people. I think sometimes think we're pulling people's tail. When we say we have show specials. Talk to the vendors at shows. You will actually, yeah. I mean, with auto ops alone, you will get the cheapest rate by far. If you're with me at a show, I do a demo and you sign on. Like on like the most recent conference we're at, people are easily easy saving 450 bucks. Um, yeah. Not that what we do is that expensive. We just give them a bunch of free stuff. So, you know, actually talk to the vendors if you're, if you're serious about, you know, if you want even a new shop management software, go talk to them at the show. You will get a good deal. So Yeah,
1: um, for that's sure. That's good advice. Apex is is huge. That's, I could yeah. see from a vendor side that you're going to be one of eight thousand other vendors there, and you might get lost yeah. in the noise. Right. sometimes got, it's a
2: little too flashy. Like people aren't they're they're in the fun mode. They're not really in the like the shopping mode. You're thinking of SEMA. Of the,
1: the apex the apex side of it is a little bit is a little bit more serious. A little yeah. bit more subdued. It's it, not it like, is like the
0: for sure. It is like the it you know my family owns a. a tourist attraction and so we go to trade shows for that too. And and it is very much like a conventional trade show where you can get tons of really good information and and so all of the opportunities that you get while you're there and, and you get to talk to the people who have the ability to make change in the industry and can actually do things, yeah, right? A part. lot of these trade shows you, you go to, right? You can get to a certain percentage of people who can make change within a company but at Apex, the people you're talking to are... Could be executives, they could be engineers, they could be product developers. They bring everybody, and so when you're there talking to these people and you get to see these products firsthand and you can experience it, it's like nothing else, right? All the other trade shows are like, you know, we've got two or three hours here, we've got three or four hours there. Dude, you go to Apex, like if you, if you, especially if you're in the market to build a shop or you're in the market to to reequip a shop. I could not imagine doing it without going to Apex because like when we were building the shop, that was the thing is like, that was one of the first times I'd been to Apex and I'm walking through and I'm learning about these products. I'm like, holy crap, I was getting ready to do this, but this is going to work a lot better in the shop. I yeah. like that hose reel a lot better. That's a much yeah. better hose reel. And so it was mm-hmm. things like where I would have spent, you know, a million dollars in equipping the shop. I was able to equip it for 650, $700,000. And that's a big difference. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
2: Totally. So, yeah. Well, I'm excited for all the shows. We will definitely be at ASTE. And, uh, but yeah, thanks for uh, for having me on this. Uh, yes, sir. Once again, we uh, don't know how I posted about this yesterday. We don't have a large marketing budget over here at Auto Ops. We like working on our product much more than pitch and shop
0: owners all day. So, so things like the, this. The, the Amish marketing budget, huh? Like The Amish marketing budget's a, not high. <laughs> you put it on the side of a covered wagon. It's fine. <laughs>